It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm. This is episode number 90, and I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and we're glad that you're here with us. Broadcasting from Head Flyer Brewing, live in northeast Minneapolis, 861 East Hennepin, just a mile or so from the Gopher Football Stadium. A good crowd here tonight, and with us we have a pair of bookend defensive ends on the Golden Gopher football team. Let's start with a big round of applause from Columbia, Missouri, Jalen Logan Redding. And from Danbury, Connecticut, Jaw Joyner. We appreciate them coming out. We want to thank Dinkytown Athletes as well for making them available for us tonight. You can go to uh, dinkytownathletes.com and and, uh, become a member uh, because certainly that helps, and we appreciate you guys. How are you doing? Uh, Doing elite. How about you? Yeah, doing elite as well, John. Elite. Elite. Yes, sir. Uh, One of my favorite stories about Jaw Joyner was when uh, you signed with the Gophers and the head coach, P.J. Fleck, right away said, Sky you jaw. <laughs> and so I had to incorporate that into the play-by-play call uh, when you got the sack against Nebraska. I hope you didn't mind me taking that liberty. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, G was the one that uh, told me about that. And, uh, it was just crazy. <laughs> G is uh, Garrett Chernoff. He's the, uh, the ops guy for Gopher football. He's the general manager, and he, he runs the show within the football building. So he was, the, he was the informant on that for you, huh? For sure. Well, we'll talk about that Nebraska game as the podcast rolls on. That was a fun night with the walk-off kick from Dragon Kessich. You guys each had a sack in that game. Michigan, of course, this weekend. We'll preview that as well. Uh, we want to, first of all, thank uh, some of our great sponsors uh, as uh, we have uh, with us our sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. We also have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, Cub, and Champlin Insurance. All of those and uh, just some great folks that are Gopher supporters and go Gopher podcast supporters as well. Here on site, many of our uh, in-person listeners and viewers here in person are enjoying a couple of new beers here from Head Flyer Brewing tonight, including the Rye Yuma. It's the Rye IPA that they made especially for the fall and for this week uh, with Michigan and Minnesota and the maroon and golden ale that's a cranberry lime golden ale and in fact I'm enjoying a little glass of that right now they got the maroon school colors with it with some gold mixed in and uh, it's pretty good as well so uh, the other thing you can do for the rest of the week and for those here in person it's uh, the head flyer brewing has a $10 little brown jug growler fill all week that includes tonight uh, a really cool uh, gopher looking uh, little brown jug and then they have the gopher t-shirts and memorabilia over there as well so we've set the stage and we're ready to go uh, let's tell your stories first here guys if we can uh, we'll start with Jalen Logan Redding from Columbia Missouri we'll again we'll talk about Michigan we'll talk about Nebraska but um, Columbia Missouri is not all that close to here what uh, what drew you to Minnesota and how did you end up here in Minneapolis yeah um, my story about coming up here to the Twin Cities is really unique it really describes me. Um, where do I even start? Um, so my story, um, my senior year. So originally I was committed to the University of Missouri, right? Hometown. Yep. So um, thinking hometown hero, thinking about the benefits of being home, uh, thinking about all the resources that I built throughout my senior year of high school. So I was committed there. Of course, during the time, the head coach was Barry Odom. So when he was the head coach at the time. Um, of course, all that was going through. Uh, they were fighting to win games, losing games, and of course, with the alumni base and with the AD and stuff like that, he ended up getting fired right after Arkansas game. And 
When that ended up happening, uh, I ended up finding out one morning after I played a football game and automatically Minnesota hit me up. Uh, they texted me on the phone, was like, hey, are you okay? How's everything going? Mind you, they weren't even in my top four. So I was like, wow. <laughs> so uh, they were like, hey, we're gonna come out for a visit. We're gonna take a visit to your school. We're gonna see if we can get this opened up for you. So I was like, okay. Automatically, my recruiting's already opened up. Came to my school, Coach Callie was there. Um, at the time, Jim Panicos was there. Uh, Kenny Burns, who was the person recruiting me, was there. And then PJ ended up showing up in person. So I was like, wow. Automatically, I was done. Full court press. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was the only head coach to come visit me in person. Even though, like, Mizzou was around the corner, literally five minutes down the street, he was the only head coach that pulled up. So he took the time to meet my family. They went to high V. Ate some food and I was like, yeah. Mom asked me, what did you want to do? I was like, yeah, I would probably regret a lot if I didn't take an official visit. And lo and behold, I mean, ended up committing um, because I ended up fitting the culture and the culture fitted me. And I already knew that when he broke it down on one of my coach's whiteboards in high school. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's truly something meant to be. And here you are. Uh, you're in year four or year three? Year, uh, year four. Year four. And you still, because of varying things, you still have a couple years of eligibility left too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy how COVID turned out. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, how have you liked the experience here as you grow and, and play and, and learn in this culture? Oh, man, it's the experience as a D1 athlete here at the Twin Cities is truly something unique. I mean, you have all these professional uh sports teams but playing as a gopher i would say continuing to mature through coach flex program truly teaches you what being an adult is like which i don't say that i'm a man yet i'm continuing to grow to be a man but at the same time i've had so many resources that i definitely didn't see myself having if i probably would have went to another school so i mean just the experience alone is just it's unforgettable it's one of a kind and Jaw Joyner, Danbury, Connecticut's even further away. So uh, take us through your recruiting process and uh, how you ended up in the maroon and gold and having an impact here. Uh, I had a privilege of um, meeting um, Coach Panagos on a, a visit in Temple. He used to coach there. Uh, that was probably one of my one of the first coaches I ever met in my life um, um, in the college level. Um, but he just happened to uh, be the D-line coach at Minnesota, and uh, he ended up uh, coming with um, with uh, Coach Fleck to our um, to our school, and uh, just meeting Coach, um, meeting their um, learning their program, learning um, that they're a developmental program. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play my freshman year coming out of high school because how wild I was. Um, but just saying, but like them telling me, being truthful with that, um, hit. Me and uh, my family as well, um, going to visit, seeing Jalen and all them. Um, it was just different. And um, I ended up wanting to um, stay home, um, committing to BC. Um, but just going far, going to seeing different things, um, it was, uh, I just wanted to um, do it and uh, ended up being here. Here you are, so, yeah. expanded those horizons. And it got a little uh, crazy right toward the end of member series. McCrack, you mentioned Jim Panagos. He was the defensive line coach. And then he left, what, a few days before your signing day that year. So that put it in a little bit of a, in, in a, little bit of a turmoil, so to speak. And take me through sticking with the commitment. 
Um, so he ended up leaving on my official visit when he invited me here. Um, and then all the recruitment just shifted to the uh, Coach Fleck calling me every day. Um, and it's rare when a head coach calls you every day when you're back at home. Um, it just shows you his passion for me, um, wanting me. And um, so, yeah, I was on board with it. And um, how, how you, you said you came in, you knew that you probably wouldn't play the first year. You had the measurables, the intangibles, the, the size uh, in terms of, you know, length and those things, footwork. But you needed to gain some weight and some muscle? Definitely had to gain some weight. I came in at like two, 215. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like 260 right now. So I definitely needed to um, gain that weight to play defensive end um, in the Big Ten. Um, but he just showed the confidence in me to like, to like really do it. And um, yeah, so yeah. And now um, you you guys came in in the same class, right? And you were roommates for a while. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you don't like each other anymore. No more roommates. <laughs> huh? <That's> <laughs> you, you guys uh, take me through how that was, uh, Jalen. In terms of uh, you guys in the same class, uh, Jaw mentioned that he saw you on his visit, and that helped as well. And then you guys obviously become good yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, going back to the visit, um, so. Of course, the first time I met Jaw was on a visit, and then of course other people in our class like Dennis Drigal and Drag and people like that. I mean, just meeting him. I mean, I remember one moment, and he remembers this moment too. When we uh, gone to the elevator and went back to our room on the official, you definitely remember that. Uh, so, but knowing from that instance, I was like, yeah, we're probably gonna be roommates. So. And then going forward, um, tagging off of Coach Panagos, realizing that Coach Panagos ended up leaving and trusting the process with Coach Fleck into the situation that we are in now, I mean, it's truly a testament to who we are. And going back to roommates, I mean, when we became roommates, I mean, the bond just continued to grow. And even though that we're not roommates right now, I mean, we're still hitting each other up daily. And of course, when we were in the D-line, room together and then film together. I mean, we always talk about our daily lives and have fun with each other, so. I wanted to ask you too, you guys play roughly the same position. I know there are some some, pa some sub packages where you're on the field together, pass rush situations. I know you move inside some, you move inside some, sometimes you stay out, but there's also that position that you guys are the same spot, so you're kind of competing at times against each other. So how has that been in terms of competing, uh, being friends, both wanting to play? You know, I mean, obviously you'd both love to play every play. Take me through how, how that goes with you guys. Well, I mean, of course. You got it? So our program, like, we truly is competing with each other for real. And um, I really, like, noticed that coming here with uh, with uh, MJ and uh, Big O and how Big O really wanted MJ to succeed and um, telling him the playbook, showing us, showing even us the playbook, um, really teaching us. Um, that's how we are with Anthony right now. Uh, we play the same position. He's going to so, be good, isn't he? So for sure he is. <laughs> um, but Jalen, he wants us to succeed and um he um even if you're better than him he wants you to succeed so so yeah you were gonna say the same thing weren't you yeah it beat me to it right, right. <laughs> well, well how, is that just part of the culture of the program do you think yeah culture uh, personality as well too yeah. Yeah, yeah so i mean of course you said i mean we're competing competing with each other i mean examples of older guys doing this is like Thomas Rush and uh, Boye, which, I mean, of course, other coaches talked about it, but, I mean, we, we genuinely want each other to succeed. I mean, 
right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, we are truly trying to make this a brotherhood, doing our best to make this a brotherhood. And I truly think that we've done that part really well, and we'll continue to grow in it. But, yeah, I mean, just saying that again, I mean, we're competing with each other. We really don't think about starting positions. I mean, we're just playing the game to play the game because we truly love it. How much fun then do you have when you guys get to be on the field together? There are, right, some pass rushing downs where, where you're both lined up? Yeah. Um, of course, a lot of time we run out of, like, even fronts, odd fronts, bare fronts, because, I mean, of course, Coach Rossi, he's thinking of a lot of things to give us the best advantage possible against the team that we're playing. So, I mean, whenever we're on the field together, of course, we do our best to go to each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses, depending on what's going on. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we know how we rush. So, I mean, we do our best to compliment each other. How about you? Do you enjoy that, being out there next to him on oh, occasion? Oh, for sure. Um, even coming in, we always talked about just being on the field with each other. Um, and then we have a package on on our defense that allows us that, to do that. So, so it's definitely awesome. And sometimes you even have striggle with, right? I mean, all three of you are out there, I think, on occasion, right? right? right. Yeah. Where, where you're all trying to, to get after the quarterback. Um, the spring, you guys have back-to-back years where in most categories you guys had a top 10 defense. So coming into this year in the spring, obviously you want to continue that, uh, put up good numbers. The one thing, if there was a spot to nitpick maybe was quarterback sacks last year the numbers in just terms of sacks weren't there and so a lot of emphasis from january of 23 all the way up to i suppose today in practice still right yeah um take me through uh we'll start with jaw take me through the process and i think what you guys are at 13 or 14 sacks on the season already um so obviously the hard work is paying off last week i thought the pass that was intercepted by jack henderson was as a total result i mean jack obviously was in the right spot but a total result of pass rush on the quarterback so uh how how, uh, how has that process gone to to increase the pass rush definitely started um in training camp um bringing in coach winston he definitely um revamped the um the pass rush and uh taking it from the basics i think i said this before but taking it from the basics and uh showing your process through the, through the pass rush meaning your get off um the set points of the offensive tackle um really like breaking it down for us um and learning it um but yeah that's that's where we struggled uh last year and um we're still improving we're not perfect obviously but um but yeah Jalen, what um, what kind of things go into it? Is it? I, I assume it's a, a bit of all of this. Whether it's uh, better technique, stronger determination. Uh, take, take me through what goes through the training so that you are pressuring the quarterback better. Yeah, I mean, of course, Josh said it. I mean, it started in January when it comes to the fundamentals of just pass rush in general. And Coach Debo recognized that from last year's tape. Um, we, of course. As defensive linemen, we emphasize on pass rush, but we really didn't break it down to the core roots of pass rush. So um, when it comes to pass rush, I mean, it's really everything coming together. Like you said, I mean, it's your physicality, it's your mindset. And then when it comes to the technique, it's about the get off, your stance, what moves best suit you. Like my moves is not going to suit John, and John's moves is probably not going to suit me. Um, being able to figure that out, being able to finish on the quarterback, because you do have to realize what type of rush you're getting and the call that you got. So you had to play the move within the, no, I'm saying it wrong. You had to play 
yeah, you got to play games at the end of the day. So whatever call you get, you have to play the moves within the call. So say sometimes a power move is going to work better within the call. Or say, say, um, speed know, rush. yeah, speed rush. Speed rush would probably work better in some other calls. So you just got to figure out what suits best. Yeah, and and then I suppose it also varies depending on who the quarterback is. I know last week, let's use as an example, uh, Zeon uh, Chris was the quarterback making his second career start. Dude could run, dude right. could throw. I mean, that, that guy's a good quarterback. And in the first half, you guys were getting pass rush on him, mm-hmm. but then he was able to find some running lanes. Right. And then I don't know what happened at halftime, but you guys got it all figured out and you sacked him and forced him into some mistakes as a young guy um so specific to quarterbacks uh how disciplined do you guys have to be because it isn't necessarily hey let's just pin our ears back and go there are strategies involved too definitely it's definitely um within a rush you got to rush together and i think i think we're um doing that this a lot more this year um but a pocket quarterback is different than a running quarterback um but last year, last week, we weren't um, countering at the uh, at the uh, level of the quarterback, yeah. so we needed to do that a lot more. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. What what was at halftime? What happened that all of a sudden it clicked? No, I mean it's like what he said. I mean we weren't necessarily keeping our rush lanes integrity uh, or together at the end of the day. I mean, like there's some instances where you see a big hole in the pocket and. Obviously, he's going to scramble through it. So we got to be able to cover that up, have our tackles be at the points that they need to be, or depending on what game or what type of call we have going on, we got to make sure that we have the points of the quarterback secure. Whether it's a three-man rush, four-man rush, five-man rush, or a blitz, I mean, you got to figure that out. And I suppose, too, from week to week, as, as you guys mentioned, and we're with Jaw Joyner and Jalen Logan Redding, defensive ends, who are hoping to get to J.J. Uh, McCarthy this weekend as we're uh, heading into the Michigan week. But depending on the scouting report on the quarterback, it, it might vary in terms of what, as you mentioned, plays are called or right. what angles you might take, whether you're going to try to turn the corner or keep it in. Uh, take me through how much you guys have to study a quarterback on a given week. Yeah, I mean, of course... The thing is about D1 um, programs, I mean, we're blessed with a lot of resources. And then not only that, we got smart coaches. I mean, Coach Rossi and Coach Winston and not only that, the GAs that are doing film study to help us out so that we can continue to be better on the field. I mean, they're continuously um, doing research upon the QB about his past film, the film that he's putting out right now, his tendencies in order to break down, all right, what's the best possible route to get to the QB or attack the O-line? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, um, J.J. McCarthy's really, he's a really good quarterback. I mean, got to give him props where it's due. Not only that, you got to give Michigan props where it's due because they are a good team. Um, we're not walking in blind here saying that they're not a good team. I mean, they're a really good team. They're disciplined. Um, they got a lot of good plays. They got a lot of good coaches over there. They're trained well. They're built up really well. And they got a really good reputation, which everybody can realize because they've been through the college football playoffs many times before. So, um, of course, right now, uh, I want to talk about our mindset. I mean, in order to go places where you've never been, you got to do things that you've never done. So, um J.J. McCarthy, I mean, we got to be able to do the things that we've never done in order to get the job done. 
And without giving away the game plan, you don't want to uh, be too specific. I know, uh, you know, you don't want to give that away, but what are some maybe general keys, Jaw, to what you see from J.J. McCarthy and what you'll run into and try to make sure that he's less productive than maybe he has been in previous games this year? Well, he's a shorter quarterback, <laughs> so we got to get our hands up um, and strength the pocket a lot more um, and challenge him in the, that way. we got to hit him. So, yeah. Yeah. Don't want to give too much away for sure. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about that Michigan game coming up this weekend. We're at Head Flyer Brewing. It's a live podcast tonight. Hopefully you're enjoying the show uh, here at Head Flyer. We have some uh, beer specials, special beer and all kinds of other stuff. You can come to Head Flyer before or after the game as well. It's just a mile and a half from the football stadium. Also, let me real quickly thank uh, Affinity Plus. They're your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including one just down the street from here on University Avenue. To learn more or find another way to connect, visit affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. They sponsor the podcast. They sponsor our player uh, interview segment and uh, as part of them helping support gopher athletes, both the Jaw and Jalen got $50 Visa gift cards good anywhere uh, as uh, they, you know, go enjoy 50 bucks somewhere, guy. Yeah, I mean, being student <laughs> athletes and being college people, I mean, money is really appreciated. Yeah, so. always good, always good, and we want to thank Affinity Plus for that. All right. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. When we say that Cub Milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. So let's talk Michigan. You mentioned the mentality. They're ranked number two. They're shooting for their third straight season to be in the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of opportunity here, though, for the Gophers. This is a night that you guys can uh, can make some noise, uh, Jalen. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, playing Michigan is nothing to take lightly. I mean, of course, their logo, which, I mean, we're talking about all the time in the team meeting, uh, talking about take the logos off. I mean... You can't, at the end of the day, you got to play a team on the field. So, but, I mean, we do realize who this team is, what they are. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're more than ready to play Michigan. Jaw, how about your mentality heading in against uh, uh, one of the higher-ranked teams that Gophers have faced now in recent years? It's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, definitely had um, a great, great week of practice. Um, Process is there. Um, just getting my moves uh, right, 
for this game, but definitely the mentality is always confident going into any game. Um, and this is a regular Saturday game, and uh, that's how we're going we're gonna to treat it. The, um, the, the, the offense for them, obviously they have some weapons. We mentioned McCarthy. They have Blake Corum who... Um, you know, it's coming off the injury, but it doesn't show. It looks like he's having a pretty good year. So uh, for defensive linemen and ends, especially for you guys, what's the balance between, you know, um, being run stoppers when number two gets the ball and being pass stoppers when number nine tries to throw the ball? Well, at the end of the day, you do have to play the play that's presented in front of you. If it's run, it's run. If it's pass, it's pass. Whatever the old lineman gives you, you have to take what's given and then realize and react to what's given in the backfield. So, I mean... In my opinion, when it comes to balance, I mean, it's just whatever the play is. How about, Jaw? how do you look at it in terms of, uh, and, and the ends especially, right? You have to worry about contain two bootlegs, and uh, I don't know if McCarthy does a lot of that, but uh, how, how do you try to factor that all in mentality-wise? Oh, we got to be able to stop the run, um, first and foremost. Um, and then, obviously, transition rush is going to be key this, this game. Um, being able to get J.J. off his spot a lot. Um, but it's more so just looking at the O-line and sets and seeing those tendencies um, in the first half and um, how we can exploit those, but just looking at those. Yeah, and as, as, as uh, Jalen said, the play's the play, so play the play. Um, you guys get pass rush. The guys on the back end can uh, can make plays. I know uh, Henderson's got a couple of interceptions. Newbin's got three. He had one last week. He had two in that big Nebraska game. What's it like to have those guys back there, and how how important is it for you guys to to get to the quarterback so that he throws one to, uh, to you guys at some point or maybe a couple? Man, um, it means all the world. I mean, our... Ability to pass rush is truly a vital role. I mean, I talk to the DB coach all the time, uh, which is Nanny Collins. I mean, it's like your job is so vital. I mean, it makes our job easier, which is so true. Because I mean, if you put pressure on the quarterback, I mean, it gives us opportunities to gain takeaways, which is one of our points of emphasis and uh, purposes throughout uh, the season as a defense. So. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, being able to have people like Noob, uh, Jack Henderson, people that you can... Wally. Yeah, Wally, um, D. Green. Trayvon got an interception yep. in the end zone. Trayvon, which, I mean, you got people filling in roles, and you continue to rotate. I mean, it just shows the amount of trust that you have in uh, the backcourt. Not only that, you got other linebackers like... Devin Williams, Maverick, and then you got other guys that are mentoring them, like Cody. I mean, it just shows the commitment level of the team. What um, what does Newbin mean to you guys, even if he's not in your position group as a fifth-year guy who's accomplished a lot? Definitely a vocal leader for us. Um, and he's really a lead by example for real. Um, his work ethic, on how he treats his body, uh, how he treats the weight room, um, it's definitely something that the young safeties should look at. Um, definitely the entire team looks at him. Um, but, yeah, for sure, he's definitely um, somebody, somebody I look at for real. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's had such an impact over the years, and it's been fun to watch him progress into the guy that he is now. That Nebraska night was, was definitely a fun night to see him get the two picks and then including the one late that set up uh, Dragon's uh, game winner. Um, the history of this game, the Little Brown Jug, um, how familiar are you guys with that? I know PJ oftentimes will give the team history lessons. You guys have not faced, you did, no, you weren't here when the last time. Yeah, we did. You yeah, were here, we were 20? Yeah. COVID year, yeah, yeah. COVID yeah. year. Uh, no 
no fans, uh, kind of a crazy night. Um, so you guys have been on the field with them, but that uh, it, that rivalry's not been played as much lately. So how familiar are you with the uh, with the rivalry? And, and that thing goes back to 1890. Think about yeah. 1890, yeah, the first crazy. time these two teams played. And the jug... The origins of the jug, 1903, so 120 years ago, and it was played for the first time in 1909. So how much has P.J. told you about the, the rivalry trophy involved in this one? Yeah, I mean, if I really need to relay the message about the jug and how it was really founded, of course, uh, they were worried about us contaminating the water, so they ended up buying the jug, and they ended up uh, leaving it behind, and... They ended up recovering. We, I think we ended up recovering. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I think we ended up recovering it, and then... They and wanted it, it back. Yeah, they wanted it back, and then we ended up um, making it a tradition. So uh, you want it back, you got to beat us, I think was the story. Right. So, <laughs> but, and all these years later, this will be, I think, what did I see, the 105th time Michigan and Minnesota will, uh, will have played football on yeah. Saturday night. So... Yeah. Um, you guys, we talked about this before we came on the air with the podcast. It's a night game, um, and it's exciting for fans. They get to tailgate all day uh, under the lights. There is something magical, I think, about under the lights football, whether it's a Friday night high school game or 55,000 people at Huntington Bank Stadium or what have you. Um, but uh, you guys, you guys, and I'm in your boat, too, because we're, we're, we, we work the game. You have much more important things than I, but we're all working. I kind of like the 11 a.m. kicks. We're like probably the minority on that. Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, who wouldn't like, like 11 a.m. kicks? I mean, get to play in the morning, you wake up fresh. I mean, you're not waiting all day, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock, it is what it is. At the end of the day, you got to play a game. So, yeah. I mean, I'm with it. Ready to go. Uh, what, what do you guys do on a game day where it's a night game to, to, uh, to fill the time? Particularly, it's one thing if, I guess, if you're on the road, like, um, you know, a night game on the road, would you be in the hotel and have something to do? But what, what happens on game day for home games if it's a night game? We'll wake up, um, eat our breakfast, um, and then we'll go to... Uh, Meetings. We'll do meetings, yeah. and then we'll do walkthroughs yeah. on those days, and then we'll take a nap or something. Yep. Um, we, we usually go. We we get to the field early, so um, to do our pre pre game routine. But but yeah, a lot of um, a lot of looking at the uh, film, a lot of looking at the um, walkthroughs and stuff like that. And yeah. Do you guys have your own routines? Do you listen to certain songs, music to get fired up? Do you want to be calm? Do you want to be hyped? I mean, what, what's your personal preference, each of you guys? Me personally, which, I mean, it, it, it adjusts depending on how I'm feeling for the week. Sure. Um, I do my best to stay relaxed, be in the moment, not to think about the future because, I mean, if you think about the future too much, I mean, you're not going to be in the moment and you're not going to be... Uh, enjoying the time that you have right now, which, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, you can't take time for granted. So, um, typically in a hotel room, I mean, I'm usually, if I'm napping, I usually got something to just clear my mind, like brown noise or something like that. Because, I mean, I, if I think too much, then, I mean, my mind's everywhere. I can't do that. I had to be locked in and focused for my team. So, doing that, when it comes to music, I don't play nothing too crazy until game time. Because, I mean, around game time, yeah, we're, we're going to get it going. But, I mean, before that, just get your mind locked in, but don't go off the wall, off the rails yet. What would, um, what's your best favorite song? Uh, what, what is it, uh, and, and what kind of genre do you prefer? Uh, no, if, if it comes to game day, I mean, it's hip-hop, for hip -hop? sure. Hip-hop? But, um, 
I'm definitely gospel yeah. uh, to the core, but I mean, hip hop is definitely when, when I got to get my mind right yeah. and be like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta go. I mean, it's it's, it's time for them to feel something. <laughs> and Jaw, how about you? Your routine? I don't think I have a certain routine. I know I um, I'm calm before the storm, so I usually call my parents. Um, just listening to their voices always um, makes me. Um, a certain way, obviously, just, just happy. Um, and then, obviously, I listen to gospel as well on game day. Um, but, yeah, that's really my, my routine for what I listen to. It. Yeah. Um, do you know hip-hop for you, then, on a game day, or you'll... Not on game day. I'm, I'm calm. Calm, ready yeah. to go. Ready to go. Um, and then you run out of that tunnel. What's that like when it's sold out like it was at Nebraska, like it'll be this Saturday? Fans are always uh, going crazy. Um, just running out every time. Especially in the, um, the first game. It's all, the, all, the first game is always crazy. Um, seeing that many fans and showing the support for us. and oh, yeah. Definitely a blessing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just being able to see that many fans, I mean, it just lets you know not only that you're here at the D1 level, but that you got fans that are here to support the program. And it's just... It's truly a blessing, like you said. I mean, to see people come out to uh, support the program and just when you... One moment uh, in particular when we played Wisconsin, um, what was it? It was 21. Um, when we won the X in 21, I remember just standing on the field and looking around and seeing so many fans. I was like, wow. Yeah. This is just... It's crazy. Right? And that's... That was... Of course, we're talking about Michigan, but I mean, that, that memory is just unbelievable when you think about Minnesota fans. And they, just, they just poured onto the field. I mean, the, the, the program had not won at home the, the uh, Axe since like 2000, I want to say three maybe. And so it had been a while for the home fans to see that, and it just was one of those great days. Yeah, man. I mean, of course, with Coach Fleck, I mean, each time that we continue going to a team meeting and we do board of directors and leadership council, I mean, we continue to reiterate that, A, in order, well, I already said it, but we must continue to go forward in order to change the narrative. All right, so let me, uh, we talk about that opening night and how excited you guys were. Uh, Nebraska comes to town, it's the opening night. Um, it goes right down to the wire. We talked about Newman's interception um, to set up the field goal. Uh, you guys are, Dragon's uh, uh, just got this great personality, right? And you guys were in the same recruiting class as well. Um, so um, how much fun was it to watch him have his day that night? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, seeing that happen was just surreal, which, I mean, that was my first time ever seeing a walk-off kick, which, I mean, I see it all the time. I've seen it back at home with Mizzou, and I've seen it on many national television broadcasts, all that. I mean, just, just being able to see that, I mean, I was truly happy for him and the people that were on that field to make that happen. I mean, I totally don't take that for granted. I mean, you got to be able to have faith in your teammates. I'm so glad that I did in that moment. Yeah, and Jaw, what was your reaction? Where, where were you when uh, were you along the sidelines sharing the moment with their position group? Is the yeah for sure. Um, that game was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of up and downs. Um, that was like a, a game where um, everybody just like clashed. And, um, coming back, um, everything had to happen like right for um, that to happen. But um, just seeing him um, excited. 
Just seeing that, uh, it was a team meeting where like no one even went up to him. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone jumped on Crawford. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he was he was because uh, Dragon uh, he Tiger Woods did he turned and did the fist bump mm-hmm. and started walking away and no one even and went so, to him. And so right. Crawford was left the holder. He was left jumping up and down so everyone mobbed him, which is pretty. <laughs> no, funny. but I just went crazy. The first person I seen that came off the field was Brev, and I just gave him a big hug. But, yeah. And but there's yeah, that was a, a good win. there's a cool video uh, with your with your position coach. Um, uh, Winston Delatabadir, at least he's the defensive line coach. I know you guys work with him. He wasn't watching. He couldn't watch. He had his back to the field goal. Have you seen that video? Oh, he was. He was. He, he had his back and he was waiting. You could see that the cameras on him, and he was just letting the crowd tell him. And then as the crowd went nuts, you just Winston's smile just lit up, and he's like, "We won the game." So I thought that was pretty funny too. Sure, I'm going to talk to him about that. Yeah, thing. yeah you got to ask him about that. Were you guys? How nervous were you? Were you? I mean, we've seen Dragon kick. I mean, the dude's got a great leg, and he's very accurate, but it's still at the end of the game, there is some nervousness. Were you f- feeling comfortable with him? Yeah, I mean, of course I'm comfortable with my kicker. Um, got to be confident in your kicker. I mean, we've been preparing for this, I don't know how long. I mean, it's been a long time since we've been practicing, prepping, practicing, prepping. I mean, it's just been, I mean, I, of course I'm nervous. I mean, who wouldn't be in that scenario? But at the same time, you got to have trust and confidence in your kicker, which we talk about all the time. Trust is time, consistency, and proof. A couple of key points of the game. Um, we talked about earlier in the podcast, the pass rush, the importance of the pass rush. There was a stretch in the third quarter. I think, Jalen, you got the first one of the year, right? Yep. And then Jaw followed suit. Might even been the same drive. I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was a drive later, third quarter. And then Strigo followed that up with he he uh, clipped the dude's foot and got a sack. So you three guys all got a sack in that opener. How important was that, do you think, to set the, the tone for the season that, uh, that, that the hard work is paying off? That's uh, super critical. I mean... I mean, maybe even if we didn't have that sack, I mean, the process wouldn't really change uh, the way that it is now. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, seeing those sacks just shows that we're on the right path and that the training and the preparation that we did in the preseason is continuing to show fruition into the season. How about for you emotionally? How was that to to get in? Um, and uh, he was trying, Sims was trying to get away, and you just right. weren't going to let him go. Yeah, definitely what Jalen said, like, with the training and everything, the preparation um, coming in, um, and then hitting that move. Um, I haven't did that move in a game before. Um, so just to see it work and to, to see it uh, pay off, um, definitely a confidence booster. Definitely um, definitely was excited after that, at that moment. What I did after the sack. Bro, I was right <laughs> with you, bro. But uh, definitely a lot more coming, so... Um, on um, on the pass rushdowns where you guys know that you're likely going to be able to pin your ears back, and I'm sure it happens the other way too where the other team, they're going to pin their ears back and try to get after the gopher quarterback, and maybe, maybe a lineman might grab somebody and hold. But, man... Uh, I watch Jaw on these on these where he can pin his ears back, and they, I don't know what it is. He's drawing holds all the time, but you know it's like one every ten he might get a flag for. I was watching rewatching some of that Nebraska game this morning uh, for a different reason. I was trying to find something and. Even late on that last drive, about two plays before Tyler's interception, you're ready to sack the quarterback, and the guy basically spins you around. Mm-hmm. No flag. I saw PJs on the sideline going nuts. Right. Um, how frustrating can it be, or do you just pick up your pick up your uh, you know lunch pail and try to go again? Uh, it's definitely frustrating, um, but we have great coaches. Um, keep my head up. Uh, great players, and teammates. I'll keep my head up, but. 
Um, I have to understand um, that I have to keep rushing and not look for a hold. And um, Anthony as well, he'd be getting, hold of, he'd be getting held as well. You have to um, just keep rushing and uh, follow the process. Um, but yeah, we're not looking for uh, officials to um, give us flags and stuff like that. We got to earn everything um, for sure. So, uh, so yeah. There is something too, right, Jalen, to be said for if you are drawing a hold, even if it's not called, there's disruption there for the offense. You're creating some issue for that offense. So even if you don't get the benefit of the hold, you're hopefully creating something that turns out positive for the team. Yeah, I mean, of course, something for the O-line. I mean, just putting pressure on that O-line. I mean, maybe it didn't work in the moment, but maybe later on throughout maybe the drive or throughout uh, the game, I mean, maybe that uh, offensive lineman is rattled or the QB is rattled in some way or form to where it can end up being your benefit. Uh, we want to thank one more time Dinkytown Athletes. You guys are both members. Uh, they made it possible for uh, you two to come out. We appreciate your time. Um, last couple here for you real quick before we let you get back to uh, getting ready for this big game on Saturday night. Um, big Ten Conference expansion. Uh, we know the league's growing to 18 at least. Uh, we know now the teams that you guys will be playing over the next four or five years. You guys have uh, one or two years, depending on how long you guys want to keep uh, getting after this thing. Next year, the schedule says you'll be going to play UCLA in the Rose Bowl. I think the year after that, maybe at USC. I think there's an Oregon trip. Is that exciting for you guys to have some new places to go to? Oh, man. Um, I got a brother that lives out of L.A., so I know we're already planning that trip for all the family to get there, so I'm doing my best to make that work. So I'm already excited for new places and new stadiums to play in. Yeah, and, Jaw, you've gotten to play out in, you know, Yankee Stadium, close right. to your, you know, closer to your hometown, Rutgers, closer to your hometown, uh, Maryland maybe. Um, but uh, this on the other side of the country, uh, some of these, uh, how excited, if at all, are you about uh, adding some of these? Uh, Definitely excited for the to get out to L.A. I've never been there before. Um, and then some of the guys that's on that team, um, definitely playing them. So, um, so yeah, definitely excited. It should be fun, uh, but there's uh, more immediate concerns on the uh, docket, and that the Michigan Wolverines this weekend. Um, what would a win mean? Uh, what's that? Oh. Michigan Wolverines this weekend. What would a win mean for you and your team? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a win for us, I mean, truly, we view wins. I mean, wins are hard to come by at the end of the day, and we never take a win for granted. I mean, especially all the time that you put in throughout the week and through the off season, just to accumulate that one win. I mean, a win for us would mean the world. I mean, we celebrate wins like it's the Super Bowl. Each <laughs> and every win like it's the Super Bowl, party into the locker room. So I mean, not because of the team, but because of that one win that we just put a lot of sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears in order to get that one win. So I mean, just to win alone, not because it's Michigan, not because of the coaching staff, not because of any external factors, but just because we won the game. And you guys are pouring your heart into it, right? Yeah. Every day, every week. How about you? What uh, Do you allow yourself to visualize what uh, what it would be like to, to win that game Saturday? It would definitely change the landscape of everything. Um, I'm definitely excited for this matchup. Um, it won't be, a win will be so much um, of the hard work going back to January. Um, what we prepared for, uh, us saying this optimistic schedule, um, 
it'll be it'll just be crazy and um, I'm excited to see our fans um, on Saturday and uh, they gotta bring it I can't wait either guys it was so much fun to get to know you guys better I know our listeners enjoyed it let's get a round of applause here if we can for our two guests here Jalen Logan Redding and Jaw Joyner on the Go Gopher podcast from Head Flyer Brewing we'll let you guys get back to it thank you yeah, appreciate thank it thank you. you for having me hi Gopher fans switching is easy we do it all the time we switch on lights we switch TV channels we switch on the TV and with the new transfer portal some college students even switch colleges which can seem crazy to us diehard fans but what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with state farm in fact my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today my team is ready to welcome you to the state farm neighborhood and show you it is in fact easy to switch and save when you want the real deal check us out at champlininsurance.com like a good neighbor state farm is there all right. We also have uh, our ticket giveaways coming up here. But, uh, Nate, let's uh, talk about what a beautiful spot you've got here. Give us a little history of Head Flyer Brewing. Good to see you. Uh, thanks for having us all. Uh, are coming here, bringing some elite talent. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, being, yeah, Head Flyer Brewing, uh, you know, some of the history here. Uh, I have a corporate friend, a buddy that used to make really good beer and would bring it into the office. <laughs> we didn't drink during work, but now we do we could, at, the, at the brewery. But, um, you know, there was a, a happy hour where him and his wife were talking to me and, and said, hey, we're thinking about opening a brewery. And I had just the right amount of beers to say yes. <laughs> I want to be part of that act- action. And so it was all good. And, and I do want to give a shout out to Neil. It's actually his birthday today. And so he's out for dinner tonight, and it just so happens he shares the birthday with Travis Kelsey. Oh. And so now this birthday is famous because <laughs> of Taylor Swift. Yeah. So How about that? There you go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 2017? 2017, we got started, and um, we love the location. Uh, we wanted to get into northeast Minneapolis where... Uh, there's a great beer scene, great sports scene, great culture. Everything was awesome here. So we uh, chose this location that was being built up. And we feel like we have a really beautiful tap room that, in uh, part of our focus, is to have something for everybody. And so we do that with beers. We do that with entertainment. Uh, we're a huge into sports. And so we love being really close to the U of M and the great people that go to school there and also the alumni there. So super pumped about all that and, and having, you know, just all that experience. Yeah, and for game days, for example, Saturday, it's a 6.30 game. People can, it's, this is pretty close to the stadium. People can swing by and, and uh, have a few uh, brews before the game, swing by after the game, although with a night game, maybe you won't be open that late. Um, and even if they don't have tickets, they can come and watch the game here too, right? Oh, for sure. And uh, this Saturday, it will be perfect because a 3.45 twins start time. Right, right. You can watch... You can watch the Twins game and then roll right into the Gopher game or go down and watch it live at the, at, at the stadium. Yeah. So uh, pretty excited about that just in general, too. So, and we're turning the corner in sports in Minnesota. The Twins just did it. Gophers are going to keep, keep the train riding, yeah. and we're going to keep going all the way across the board. Let's we, do it. 
Let's do it. Um, what? Uh, and, and then if there's Gopher Road games, this is a good spot. You could come here and enjoy watching the game for a Gopher Road game also. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, like, road games, I uh, come in, uh, we have the games going. We always have Minnesota sports on. Uh, we have two TVs above the bar, and then we have a big screen that also is available. So a lot of fun just watching sports. And we love the camaraderie. So, like, the biggest thing about it, it's like we call it the modern day coffee shop. You come, you socialize, you play games, you you have good and healthy conversations, and there's a lot to talk about these days. Yeah, so right. no it's doubt. all good stuff. Uh, you had two special gopher themed beers that you rolled out tonight for the podcast. It'll be around for a little bit here in the fall. Tell us about them. Yeah, for sure. So the Ryuma, you know, uh, obviously the name just almost made itself, and uh, really probably roll that out. Once a year, it has a little bit of bitterness to it, but uh, kind of that classic rye beer. And then the maroon and gold uh, was a, a, uh, our golden ale, and we kind of we hit it with some cranberry and a light touch of lime just to give it kind of that fall feel. And to give and, it some gold. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so it's a golden ale, so it's like it's perfect. It kind of kind of sells itself. That's what I've been sipping on here, and I think I'm into a couple. So it, it, it's got the maroon look. It's, uh, it's, really, it's really tasty. What goes into making good beer so that you have a place like this? Well, I mean, the scene itself is just, it's really collaborative in, in Minnesota in general. And, um, you know, it starts with good product, and, and we are able to get good grains and, and whatnot. Uh, we have very good brewers that bring in... Uh, their talents and their expertise into everything we do, uh, you know, and some of it's just kind of feeling it out, almost like a chef, you know, yeah. like the, the, the good and the bad of each hop and understanding what it can do and then, um, you know, combining those flavors together to make really fun uh, experiences for everybody. Well, it was uh, fun to have episode number 90 live and on location here on this Michigan week. We have the Little Brown Jug for the rest of the week. If people want to come in and uh, get the growler fill of the little, it's literally a Little Brown Jug of beer. Yeah, it was a, a, a fun promotion to take the growler that everybody knows and, and bring our own little version of the Little Brown Jug. Uh, you know, we're setting it at a great price this week. So I encourage everybody to grab one, $10, and you get a fill of anything. And so that's uh, a a pretty good deal, you know, just in general. And I kind of, like, reflected back on some of my Michigan experiences, and one of the big ones was 2003. Uh, We were at the Metrodome. Oh, it it felt like the most magical time, and we were just rolling, and it came back to haunt us. That it did. Those are the types of things that we're going to put behind us now and move forward. Uh, I also want to say a little comment about um, a good friend of mine, Jim Casper. He always talks about white pants, and he doesn't feel good when the Gophers wear white pants. No kidding. I, I don't know what his deal is 